0: Hey, this is Lisa. And if you want to catch up with me on Twitter, you can find me at ILTM podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I love that movie podcast. And we have a Patreon. Uh, The show is always free, but if you want to support us on there, you can. That's at patreon.com slash. I love that movie. And if you like what you hear today, please subscribe and rate the show. It does help new listeners find us. when you do support us on patreon you get a weekly bonus episode of everything i'm watching that week and just wanted to take a quick moment to thank a couple of my top patrons they are phil barker michael cross and josh johnson thank you so much for keeping the lights on um and i will turn it over to my guest a returning voice on the show say hi danny
1: hi danny hi lisa this is danny
0: hello and, and Danny, if, if people have not heard you on the podcast before, could you introduce yourself just a bit? Sure.
1: Um, I am primarily a writer and uh, that we'll be talking about that with this movie. Um, and I have been I was the co-founder and president of San Diego filmmakers. I was on the board of directors of Script writers Network where I was in charge of their writers group and stage readings programs. Wow. Um uh, I've I've written a novel, I've written books on screenwriting and so on and so forth. Uh, I've written some musicals and had them produced at the Hollywood Fringe Festival. So I've done quite a few things.
0: That's great. And yes, we've talked about quite a few movies, either musicals or involving music somehow yeah, <laughs> on the podcast before, but this movie is a little bit different. So mm-hmm. if you're just tuning in and you've never heard an episode before, I usually let my guests pick the movie. They almost always do. And so, Danny, what movie did you choose to talk about today?
1: This is a movie called stuck in love and I'm not too sure how many people have even heard of it. It didn't, it didn't play in that many theaters. I think it only played in Mm -hmm. like 12 theaters and they were all
0: in Michigan. Oh my gosh. That's (laughs) a very small amount. I did not know that. Um, I, I had not seen this movie before. Um, if you're listening to this currently i actually watched it on tubi for free Uh so that's that's one area you could see it but danny how did how did you hear about this film
1: well when i heard about it it was actually called writers and i first read it as a screenplay before uh the movie even came out um and i i was just enjoying it so much i remember i was halfway through the uh, script and i uh, i i actually tweeted i'm reading this script called Stuck in Love i'm only on page 50 and it's already the one of the best screenplays i've ever read and the writer of uh, writer director of the film actually saw the tweet and responded to it
0: oh my gosh that's awesome uh, yeah this was directed by um and written by Josh Boone who did right. the fault in our stars so It's probably the biggest one I can recall out of his repertoire, but
1: yeah. Yeah, in fact, when uh, he responded, he was on the set of uh, Fault in Our Stars. They were were just going into production on that, and uh, he was a little confused because I referred to the script as stuck in love, even though it was called Writer's. Uh, when it was written and when it was filmed, if you if you see any behind the scenes footage, oh, you'll see the wow. you'll see it on the slate. It still says writers and the chairs, the director's chairs, all say writers. So he thought that I was mistaken. He said, "Do you mean The Fault in Our Stars?" And I didn't even know he was making that at the time because I had read the novel and I loved it. Uh, but I, I was not. That was how I found out that that movie was being made.
0: That's incredible. Well, <laughs> what what is the reason for the name change? Do you happen to know?
1: Uh, I think people don't really like movies about writers. They, they just assume that it's, <laughs> it's just going to be people singing at a
0: keyboard. <laughs> yeah. Or like, I don't know. I feel like writers get a bad rap almost sometimes yeah. too. It's like, yeah. oh, it's going to be about writers. You know, it's like, <laughs> um, that's funny. But I feel like writers would be a much better title for this movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I think it.
1: so too. But, you know, it is what it is
0: yeah because it's kind of a like it's described as like a a a romantic drama which it is romantic it does have drama but i feel almost like it leans more towards the drama i don't know what what do you think you know it's uh,
1: it does have some of the formulaic beats of the rom-com as well but it's it's hard to recognize that because it is three separate stories that are intertwined and, and and that's one of the things I like about it is, is that, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those kinds of movies where you have instead of just a single main character who has a goal and goes on a journey and there's a villain is trying to stop him. This is uh, one of those with multiple characters who each has their own story and we go back and forth between them, but they are all interrelated. In this case, they're all members of the same family and they're all novelists. But yeah. other movies, of course, of this of that style would be Shortcuts or Magnolia, Crash, mm-hmm. American Graffiti, Dazed and Confused. You've, you've seen, and I know you like In Yara too. All so, you know, mm-hmm. his, his early movies were like that as well. Morris yeah. Paris, Twenty One Grams.
0: So before we started recording, we were talking about you know reading a script before you see yes. the movie in your. Thank in you I, for getting I, me
1: back to that. I tend. Oh to- no no
0: no <laughs> no. You're fine, I, but you know be. And and how sometimes like, you know, you read a script, then you watch a movie. I think that's such an interesting way to do it because I'm just curious, like in this case, was the end product like the script to you or was it, did it read differently to you than, than what you saw on screen?
1: It did. Well, first, let me explain why I was reading it. Uh, I, I'm actually part of a writers group uh, or more of a screenplay discussion group that meets once a month. And uh, the um, I've been in the group since 2009 and I haven't missed a single meeting. Uh, oh, wow. The group has actually been in existence since 1981. And every month we read a script of a movie that has been produced rather, you know, rather than reading our own scripts and giving each other notes on our own writing. We read a script of a, of a movie that's actually gotten made, but we read it before the movie comes out. So so that we can focus our discussion just on the writing, what's on the page, what's on the page, rather than being influenced by the performances and the and the music and the editing and, and the cinematography. Um, and, and this was one of those scripts that I read for that group. It's called Storyboard uh, Development Group is the name mm. of the group, and uh, they meet. They used to meet before COVID. They were meeting on the lot at 20th Century Fox. Uh, oh wow. But ever since COVID, we've been doing it on Zoom, which isn't as much fun uh, as being there in person, but it does open it up to people all around the world. We have people uh, Zooming in from Spain and Mexico and and Australia, yeah. So it's, it's, it's open to the public and it's not free though, but I did talk to the uh, guy who runs the group and he has offered a discount of uh, one third off for the uh, single session. Uh, if you use the code ILTM stuck.
0: Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Danny. Thanks for plugging that. Sure. That's a really cool opportunity. So Kind of circling back a little bit to to what you you said at the top, I'm just curious, like, what is your impression of the film versus the script that you read?
1: Well, uh, the first thing uh, that's obvious is that – they when they got the budget and the schedule, they they could only afford to do twenty days of shooting. So they mm. had to cut about twenty pages out of the script. The script is hundred and fifteen pages, and the movie is I think ninety minutes. And it's, yeah, it's, it's short. not always yeah, it's not always exactly uh, the the rule of thumb is usually a minute per page. So oh, okay, so a three and a half hour movie like Killers of the Flower Moon is, is like <laughs> two hundred and something pages. It's, it's we we read that script last uh, month oh
0: nice so
1: i know exactly how long that is
0: (laughs) i will say that this movie kind of felt like um almost like a made-for-tv film Mm-hmm. Like it felt yeah, and, shorter. It felt the world felt smaller to me somehow in the movie. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah, it is. And it's funny because yeah, they had to cut so much, and uh, they were also on a very fast schedule, fast paced schedule. Like they were shooting an average of seven pages a day. And he says uh, the director says in the commentary that that is the typical rate you would do for a TV movie or a TV show. You'd you know for movies you're not usually getting seven. You're getting maybe two pages a day. So it, it does. Yeah
0: world feels a little bit smaller yeah and yeah. but it has a a very stacked cast though oh yeah yeah did you want to talk a little bit about the cast or where where, where should we go from here um, what, what do you want to focus on
1: we can do that but uh i could uh, let me tell you something else that i i oh, uh, yeah, of who- course. I was, um, a few years after this came out, I was writing a column for a screenwriting website that doesn't exist anymore. They were called called Five Sprockets. And the the, the editor actually asked me at one point to make my uh, articles a little bit more personal. And I wrote Mm -hmm. one about uh, Stuck in Love and it was uh, basically five lines that stood out to me and what those lines meant to me and also what what I got out of them out of writing. So we can go through those and that'll get us through a lot of this.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that sounds really yeah. cool. Let's do that.
1: Um, the first one was actually the first line of the of the movie, which actually is um, written on the screen. We hear it in voiceover, so the, it's it's rusty. Oh, do you want to give your usual spiel about spoilers?
0: Oh, yes. Good point. We haven't even <laughs> done the summary yet. so Oh, that's right. We could <laughs> do, do that first. <laughs> we could do that first. So if this is your first time listening, I don't really do a spoiler free than a spoiler filled. We're just going to talk about all of it just because I think it's it's just too much. You know, we might accidentally let something slip and we're really here to discuss the movie. So the idea is that you've probably seen it already. Um, like I mentioned before, you can watch it on Tubi uh, for free. Um, but if you're still with us, I have honestly just a, a pretty quick sentence. <laughs> it's, it's really about an acclaimed writer, his ex-wife and their teenage children who come to terms with the complexities of love in all its forms over the, course, uh, over the course rather of one tumultuous year. So the time frame in the movie is about a year and it's about a family and just all these different complex things that are happening in their life, like loosely related to love and, and, and also writing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I like that. You you came up with a good logline for that, and and that's um, you know all those uh, movies that I mentioned before that are these multi-character, multi-threaded stories. Uh, they're hard to get made because yeah. they're hard to describe. They're hard to pitch. You, They're hard to explain in a line like you just did. Uh, <laughs> well, I had and, some help
0: from Wikipedia.
1: But okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're also hard to get, um, some audiences, some people just don't like that type of movie. They don't like keep, having to keep track of multiple stories. Yeah. Back and forth. So it, that's an, And they don't make a lot of money traditionally. So it, it's very, very hard for a movie to get made. And I know this because um, my first script that I sold, it never got made, but that, that I sold oh. actually was the same style, the same format of, of four different women. And it all takes place place in one night, like Dazed and Confused or American Graffiti, but we go back and forth between these four characters' stories and they intersect. Um, hmm. And That's one of them, yeah, and one of them is very much like the Kate and Rusty storyline. I mean, it's, it's, that, hmm. it's not the storyline so much as the dynamic between Rusty being this kind of straight-laced dorky kid, and the girl that's not—I wouldn't say out of his league, but she's in a different world from him. And they, she has a different idea of fun, and and he's attracted to her initially by her looks, but that's like you know, for him, it's just superficial. I think.
0: Yeah. And for yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No, it, it reminds me of uh, what was that show called? That really dark teenage show, 13 something. I don't know. 13 oh, 13
1: something. Reasons,
0: 13 Reasons. Yeah, yeah. it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, and, and I was thinking about it when I was watching it anyway, right? But,
1: you know. Right, yeah. So, um, uh,
0: where was I? <laughs> <laughs> um, you talked a little bit about so we talked about the the four different the different perspectives in the film. Yeah. And I think what makes this one easier to follow than a lot of other examples that you listed are they're all in the same family. So even though, you know, they're different yeah, perspectives. Th- it's they're woven together more tightly. I think than in Yeah, ways. and
1: sometimes I don't, I don't know if you've seen playing by heart, but that's, that's an mm-hmm. example where the, uh, what the connection is between the different stories isn't revealed until the very, very end. That's the big surprise. Oh, oh that's how they connect. And this movie doesn't try to do that. And, and, and you know, the NUR2 movies, they also play with time. So they're, you know, the different stories take place in slightly different timelines and overlap. Oh,
0: interesting. Uh, and this
1: movie doesn't try to do that either. It's, very straightforward it is we know right from the start it's three characters uh we we, we meet each one of them individually with one line uh, their first line of dialogue or voiceover and it's it's written on in text on the screen like a meme. And uh, and that just tells us, okay, this is the one character and he's gonna have the story. This is another character, she's gonna have the story and so on. So, uh, and, and my my script did that it was called Western Five did the exact same thing. I wrote it long before Stuck in Love, but it did the same thing. I I I had each character very distinctly introduced with something coming up on the screen to say, okay, these are the four characters. Now I can spread out and show you their days. Um, yeah. So yeah i love this kind of movie and that's the first thing i liked about it but then i i really related of course to the rusty and kate story and that's how the movie <laughs> starts out the, the the very first uh line is uh he's he's sitting in class he's staring at her he's got a big old crush on her everybody can relate to that i think yeah and he says um i remember that it hurt looking at her hurt and This comes back later on when uh, his father, Bill, is um, reading in his journal. And he says, that line jumped out at me. If that was your opening line of a book, you'd have your reader hooked. And this is something that I I noticed that probably most of the movies that I've chosen to talk about on, on this show have all been ones that have real strong openings that hook me in. Mm-hmm. Uh, right from the I find that if the if the beginning meanders for ten minutes, just kind of sort of setting up how ordinary the character is or whatever, like I I lose interest real fast. I, I need something yeah. to pull me in, and you know, relating to this kid with this crush on this girl that he can't, you know, he, he, uh, this unattainable girl, uh, that's something that I know, you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've all had unrequited crushes for sure, so that makes sense. Absolutely
1: um so yeah I, and I I always think about that as far as you know the the openings of movies the openings of, of books and and that's it's so it's so important for writers again to understand that when they're writing something that you really have to to pull the writer in uh, or the the viewer the audience in um the second line that stood out oh so it's kind of in the same lines there's one point where they're exchanging gifts mm-hmm. um and he starts. He gives her the Stephen King book, and he's getting all excited about. Oh, you're going to love this book! And she says, "You're really cute when you get worked up about books." And, <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that I noticed in a lot of different ways. First of all, um, I was all, when I was with Scriptwriters Network, we also taught a, a, a pitch uh, workshop, a boot camp for they, when when you're trying to sell your script in Hollywood. They have these pitch festivals. You pay a mm-hmm. lot of money, and you get. A uh, chance to sit in front of different uh, uh, low-level uh, production executives from different studios, production companies, and you get five minutes to pitch them on your story. Well, the the night before that, you can uh, part of these pitch festivals. We put on this uh, pitch workshop where you can practice and and get pointers and yeah. stuff. And one of the things I learned from from doing those sessions and and being sitting down and listening to the people pitch their stuff to me was if you come in. With just a a like a, a written synopsis and you're reading it or you've memorized it, there's there's no life to it. It it bores the listener. Mm-hmm. But the people who really love their their uh, story, they they're they're telling it to you the way they would tell um, a friend. About a movie that they just saw the other night that they loved. They're just very excited and animated, and it, it excitement and that kind of excitement is contagious, and yes. that's what gets people to say, "Oh wow, I want to read that." You made it sound good.
0: Right. It's almost like you're selling a feeling or an experience, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and not just what's written on the page, like you said.
1: Exactly. You're not selling the story because these story executives have heard every story before. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my script is, has similarities to this script you know it's 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 got to be how you sell it yeah And, and and that's that's what i took out of that line um let's see i also noticed by the way um when i am like for instance if i'm on this podcast yeah, I tend to talk pretty fast when I get to a part that I'm really, really excited about. And I, 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 I worry. <laughs> it's
0: natural like energy to it. Yeah, that I makes do. Sense. I, I, I,
1: I hear it in myself. I get more excited. I listen to podcasts at the, uh, the faster speed. I use the, the feature where you can speed things up.
0: Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah.
1: And I worry that if people do that when I'm on. <laughs> they're going to have to slow It'll it be down because fast. I start talking too fast. That's so funny. I try to slow down and then I get to the part where, Oh, remember this scene? <laughs> and I get really excited. <laughs> so to anybody who's listening in the, uh, to this and they have to slow it down because I'm talking too fast, I apologize. That's I, I don't really apologize because that's a, it's a good thing when you get excited about what you're talking about.
0: I agree. <laughs> and, 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 you know, when you're sharing something that you enjoy with someone else, it- mm-hmm. Whether it's in a pitch uh, setting or not, it's like you said, it's it's the enthusiasm I think that hooks people. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. The next line I really liked was um, when uh, the daughter Samantha is uh, complaining to you know the the father is complaining that she didn't he didn't she didn't use the first book that he had helped her with. He he gave her notes yes. on a book. And um, and she said, you know, she she was grateful for it. But then she went ahead and did a different book, and he's pissed off. And and she explains uh, in the beach scene. She says it didn't seem like my book anymore. It felt like someone else's. And uh, this is true uh, for writers. You know, if uh, like I said, I was in charge of the writers group program for Scriptwriters Network, and mm-hmm. when when you're giving notes to somebody on their writing and it's very personal to people you know what they've written they're they're burying their soul in, in, the, in whatever they've written and it's important to try to understand whether you know if you have to figure it out yourself or try to or or just ask them to understand what was their intention and then give them notes that help them accomplish that you know try mm-hmm. to try to help them okay this is oh if that's what you were trying to do it might you know this this is what you need to get at and what happens with other writers giving notes to writers is they tend to think in terms of, well, this is how I would write it. And then it exactly. doesn't, not no in their anymore. voice. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I always recommend a book to, to my writers groups. Um, it's called toxic feedback by Joni Cole. And it talks all about that. Mm. So um, All about how, how important it is to, you know, to, because you can really derail somebody's whole ambitions about writing. If, if you're, if if you're just saying well it's got to be like this and it's cuz cuz that's really not the way it has to be you know
0: yeah but i feel like the character bill has issues with that right like he he loves his children obviously mm-hmm. and he has Samantha and Rusty keep these journals um to foster their writing um right. but erica his ex-wife and her uh husband mm-hmm you know, her husband makes a comment later in the movie about how he thought it was a little weird that he had them do that, and the son gets very defensive about it. The son is very much on his dad's side, but I don't think he sees how stuck Bill is, and I kind of read that scene with Samantha as, like, another reason why she didn't really like working with him on that book is, like you said, it wasn't really in her voice anymore, and then also I think he wasn't really in the position to create anything new. (laughs) You know, like, he was (sighs) stuck, and so that was kind of it was almost like he was using Samantha like let's use your book so that I can still be creative but have like that kind of I don't know wall or barrier up and it just it wasn't working.
1: Right because he w- he says later on that he's a, a great rewriter. He's uh, mm-hmm. and and he tells Rusty go out and have some experiences so you'll have something to write about and I think uh you know when his wife left him that Left so much of his life empty, and that's why he mm-hmm. hasn't been able to write new stuff. That, absolutely,
0: yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, Samantha, the other... by the way, is played by Lily Collins. Just yes, to... I did
1: want to mention that's exactly what I was going to talk about next. Oh, because, yeah, uh, because I, I, I think I read this somewhere that, um, that you know, you know, who her father is, right? No, yeah, her father is Phil Collins from Genesis
0: what yeah i did not know that (laughs) i mean early collins sounds like just a you know Exactly. Generic name. I, I would have never thought she was Phil Collins' daughter. Exactly, That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: had never seen her before this movie. I've seen her in, in some Wow, She's so there.
0: popular now. Wow. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and I, I'm pretty sure I read this somewhere cause it's in my little article that I was telling you about on Five Sprockets, um, mm-hmm. that she made She probably sings really well, but she made a conscious choice not I, I, to, to go into acting so that she wouldn't be Phil Collins' daughter. She wouldn't constantly be compared, you know, with her music. I, I, I think I read that somewhere. I don't know if it's true.
0: I mean, it makes sense. Like when you look up about her, it's not the first thing listed. Yeah. It says Lily, Lily Jane Collins, British American actress, born in Guildford, raised in Los Angeles, Collins began performing. Da-da. And you have to like, kind of scroll down <laughs> to see who her parents are. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah. yeah I exactly. would that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Well, she's done a good job of, you know, I think yeah. maybe one of the most famous things she's been in is like the mortal instruments. And isn't she right. that, and then Emmeline Paris and did, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of stuff, yeah. Wow. Yeah,
1: I mean, she probably has a lot of fans who haven't even heard of Phil Collins. I, oh, yeah, uh, especially the, depending on their age, I mean. Yeah, there are know. videos on YouTube, I looked them up, of millennials listening to In the Air Tonight for the first time. That's What?
0: Funny. Okay. I think that's pretty shameful. As a millennial, I'm going to have to say, like, by now you should have heard that song. Yeah. <laughs> but that's It's funny the way TikTok has made so, many, so much music current again that uh, you know that came out so long ago but oh that's really interesting
1: yeah um the net well so let me go to the so there is a line that's, that that was one of the ones in my article i'm not a great writer i'm a great rewriter mm. and I, I you know I, I get that too in fact um you know the one that I, the script that I told you about that never got made. I, I there was another script that I got hired to rewrite somebody else's work, and that got greenlit. It still didn't get made, but it was for different reasons. But uh, uh, it was so much more refreshing to be able to take something that the studio already liked. Uh, I knew that I didn't have to sell them on the idea. I just had to polish it and make it the you know presentable to to you know to attract actors. And yeah, we, could, we we actually got a, an Oscar-winning actor uh, attached to it, but then it wow. fell apart. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, but um, it, it, it's fun. I wish I could get more writing you know, rewrite assignments like that because it is pretty fun and it's not as as scary and dangerous as, as going out there with your own stuff. But um, it's
0: it seemed so. like with Bill's character, he had a theme of like being afraid to do things. Yeah, and that plays into like his fears around his writing. little bit
1: yeah well what what's really interesting about it is that line i'm not a great writer i'm a great rewriter that came from a rewrite that wasn't in the original script and um,
0: a little bit of self-insertion I guess. and
1: greg (laughs) and in in rehearsals greg kinnear himself came up with that line well that i that concept of it and then uh josh boone went uh, to back to his hotel and rewrote the scene and they shot it the next day i guess uh so so but there's I, I, I was telling you before how they had to cut a lot of pages and, and I, I don't think I ever got back to is it different was the script very different from the movie? I, I don't think it was tonally, but um, in addition to cutting a lot of pages, they also the the, the mother Erica, uh, played by Jennifer Connolly, she was not in the script that much as much as mm-hmm. she is in, in, in the finished film and uh, once they once they cast somebody of the caliber of jennifer connelly they're like oh yeah, well, we have, have to, we have to do something more with that so, and she came in with the ideas because she she uh also was you know there wasn't enough on the page for her to figure out what her character was was all about and so she she came in with ideas well maybe she should be here she should be there and like the the first scene where um uh, or the second scene she's in the first scene where she's uh goes to bill's house and and come to p- complain about samantha now talking to her originally in the script that was all on the phone mm-hmm. and they, it, it, it's written mostly the same but but getting her in the room was very important because they get to work off of each other and they, they do it really well i think they'd been in another movie together before
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I recognized uh Greg Kaneer's face, but I had oh. to look at his IMDb to like really see who he was, to be honest.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, well, we can talk about him for a second cuz I yeah. I first saw him on a show called Talk Soup on E E Entertainment, oh. which was kind of I- like
0: Do you remember the show Yes, I do, I do, I do. With, um, what's his name, Joel McHale, right? Talks yeah, so but yeah. I
1: think Greg Kinnear was the first host, and then it was oh. Aisha Taylor, Aisha Tyler um was the second host and then they got uh the guy that you just said i can't remember his name yeah or. joe
0: McHale. he's he's the but, one that he did it for a long time yeah yeah and i remember though that when when
1: greg Kinnear first started showing up in real movies i'm like the talk soup guy is nominated for an oscar because he, <laughs> <laughs> he was in as good as it gets and he was nominated yeah. for an oscar
0: for that and so he's, he's in a, little miss sunshine too
1: little miss sunshine yeah. he's done a lot of great movies uh, um, yeah uh, he did a movie called autofocus where he played mm-hmm. uh, Bob Crane, the star of Helgen's heroes.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that's not one that. of
1: the, that's a funny one. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. I, re- he was just one of those people that I recognize now. Jennifer Connelly obviously needs no introduction. Like, right you now we've right. talked about her movies a few times on the show, but um, I think her and Lily Collins. I mean, they do kind of look. Oh yeah, they like nice, so. I, I like that 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 casting. But one comment I have to make about looks is that Nat Wolf's character mm-hmm. Rusty and Lewis. I got them confused a little bit yeah. at the beginning of the show. <laughs> they don't look the same, but they are like, what do they call it? Like. um, what do they? What do the kids say these days? They were written by the same writer. They were cut by the oh, same yeah. something like that. It's like they same huh. archetype almost. <laughs> yeah, like they Well, well they simple. both
1: like Stephen King. They they established that.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. like there's just something similar about both of them. And then after a while, I was like, oh wait, like I was looking at him right. and I was like, he doesn't look like the guy from. Um, I was kind of
1: curious because I, I knew you author. were relevant, oh, if you'd if you'd heard of uh, Nat Wolf before
0: um i he he was he in the fault with our stars
1: yes he was he was blind yeah yeah
0: i i don't know him that well okay um, so he was in a uh
1: he and his brother were in a band called the uh the naked brothers does that ring a bell uh,
0: oh um you know what i'm a little bit too old to have <laughs> okay.
1: yeah, i wasn't sure exactly where you fit in there but i think it was yeah, also a tv no, but if, show if, on the on nickelodeon
0: yes like yeah. if i had been you know i don't know six or seven years younger than yes <laughs> I, right. I remember when it was really big
1: I, yeah was it right around the hannah montana jonas brothers era yeah yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah see like even the jonas yeah. brothers you know like there's people that i work with that are like oh my gosh they were the first concert i saw as a child and i was like oh i was an adult you know like (laughs) but yeah okay i didn't realize that's who he was like till you just said that
1: but i had never heard of 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 yeah and i i had never heard of him or the naked brothers until this uh movie and i I heard about and he talks about it on the commentary track so that's how i knew about that but wow uh, but i do believe he
0: doesn't give like singer lead singer energy so that's kind (laughs) of interesting you know like in this movie anyway yeah i guess
1: uh, but what's interesting, though, is I actually, I think I actually met his father. His father is Michael Wolf. He was the band leader of the Arsenio Hall Show. And oh, back wow. in And back in those days, I was a music uh, journalist, and I was at a uh, album release party for his keyboard, his star parodi. I'm pretty sure he was there and that I, you know, I said hello to him or whatever. You know, I got a, a little chance to talk to him. But it was so long ago, I barely remember for sure if he was there. And this well, would have been before Nat was born.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I remember um that being uh fam- that that being a pretty popular show, but I mm-hmm. you know, I didn't I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it was a good band. <laughs> and Jennifer Connolly, my favorites, she has two of my favorite movies, Requiem for a Dream and House of Sand and Fog. I love both of yeah. those Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, well, and I, I love Dark City. She was in that yeah, one. yeah. Um, is he let's see, I have to look up one thing. We'll we'll come back to him because I don't want to say the wrong thing, but um yeah, to that's Matt. that's really interesting about Nat. I felt like he was in yeah, something he, else. Well, too.
1: right after Our Stars, he was in Paper Towns, which was also oh, from a John yeah. Green novel. Um, but uh what
0: else? And his brother is Alex Wolf, Alex Wolf the guy yeah, from uh Hereditary, and so they, they were both oh, yeah, the yeah, naked yeah, brothers I'm, then, yeah,
1: right? i, I Uh, yeah exactly yes
0: wow okay because i was watching this movie and i was like he looks like the guy from hereditary i had that thought no idea that they were brothers no idea that they were both in the band like i mean there just wasn't a lot of reason for me to watch like nickelodeon back then but <laughs> <laughs> well, I I had
1: seen Nat in the three movies that I mentioned, this one and Fault in Our Stars and Paper Towns. And, and I had heard him talk about his brother, but I'd never seen his brother. And then he was uh, the brother was in a movie um, where where he plays a guy who's is trying a kid who's trying to find he runs away <laughs> from his uh, boarding school to look for uh, J.D. Salinger. And I can't remember what that was called. It wasn't Rebel on the Rye. That was a different one. That was with Nicholas Holt. Uh, but anyway, that was the first time I saw Alex, Alex Wolf. And I'm like, oh yeah, I see the resemblance. He totally looks Man. like Man,
0: when you look <laughs> up his, you know, when you look up Alex Wolf, it says an award-winning actor, musician, singer, mm-hmm. and composer. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Both Who of them, knew both- that those kids would grow up to be so accomplished? <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow, um, very cool.
1: But I, I also wanted to say, though, that uh, as far as the... the, the where was I?
0: We're on like line three or four of your favorite. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're actually on the...
1: I skipped four. I'm on five. But the um, about a rewriting still. So the, uh, one of the scenes that they added with Jennifer Connelly, she was not originally in the book signing scene. The, the party for the, the book release party. Oh. and that ended up, I know you always ask favorite scenes. That for me is, is my favorite moment in the movie. Absolutely. Mm. Is when, when the mother goes up to get the daughter's autograph and she is, she hasn't, in case anyone is listening and who hasn't seen the movie, they haven't spoken in over a year. Cause uh, uh, Samantha's mad at her mother for breaking up the marriage, for cheating on her, on, on, uh, her father, on her husband. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she's, she goes up and says, oh, I love you so much, Sam. I'm so proud of you. And and she's like, thank you. Enjoy the book. And she is so cold, and I've never seen anything like that before. I just love that. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's, you know, it's a tough time. If maybe if the parents had gotten divorced when they were younger, I think it's mm-hmm. a little bit easier. I mean, my parents divorced when I was young. I feel like in a lot of ways that was a lot easier for me. Whereas when you're a yeah. teenager, that's like the most, so much change is happening, you know, in your own life. And then for that to be on top of it, I can kind of understand. And that sort of naiveness about relationships too. Yeah. yeah.
1: A lot of this, uh, especially the Kate and Rusty stuff is semi autobiographical. And
0: oh.
1: uh, Josh uh, Boone says, um, that uh, the ending of it when they get back together, that's just wish fulfillment that didn't have, you know, his parents did divorce when he was younger and he always fantasized that they would get back together. And he imagines that a lot of other kids of divorced parents would have that, that same kind of wish fulfillment. So that was why he he did that.
0: Yeah. And, and I feel like in a relationship there, there, you know, there's two different sides. Right. And I, I do feel like there's some statistic about men and women divorcing and, and, the guy in particular wanting it to go back to how it was, you know? So oh, the really? truth. There. Yeah. I've heard that like that, the most divorces are initiated at least these days by women, huh. Um, which if that's the case, then yeah, the, then it would be more on the man's side that he would want it to go back to how it was. But I don't know much more about that. I'm definitely not a psychologist or <laughs> qualified that much to talk about yeah. those types of things, but that's something that I've, I've heard. And certainly you can feel that he's the main character, right? He's the writer. So that makes sense. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the writers anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh-
1: Like I said, I related more to the Rusty story. So to me, I think that's the main storyline and and Ah. the others on the side cares. But I see, obviously, Greg Kinnear is a bigger name. And so uh, uh, when if you look at the trailer, it seems like it's all about Greg Kinnear and Kristen Bell.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually I had a question about that. So there was only a couple times in the movie where I felt a little bit like the pacing of it either could have benefited from the movie being longer Or perhaps if they were to cut a couple things out, I actually almost felt like Kristen Bell at some points felt a little bit additional. Did that ever feel that way to you? Yeah, a lot of her
1: stuff is improvised. uh, All her scenes are in the script. The the thing that makes it seem so quick is that that, um, they only had her for one day.
0: So, I see. Okay. So they okay. had to shoot all of her.
1: Yeah, they had to shoot all of her scenes in one day. I think it was like ten pages or twelve. Pages. It was like the, their longest day, and uh, uh, yeah. So that's that's why there's one scene where Lily Collins is sitting there talking to her dad, and she goes by. That's a, a you know a cutaway from that one day. She you know, the the rest of the cast besides Greg wasn't there on on her day on on Kristen Bell's day.
0: That makes sense, and yeah. plus her role is really. I mean, it's like she hardly meets anybody else in the family, right? I right. Mean, because of the nature of their relationship, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think, too, it's like um, you could almost imagine the movie even without that character. But and exactly. for some reason I always think of that when I watch movies, even, you know, whether I like it, I can really, really enjoy the movie. But I don't know why I always like wonder. I'm like, if I had to cut a scene or if I had to add, to, add a scene, well, where would I do that? And so that's what I was thinking about with her. And then the other scene like that for me, honestly, is the scene with Sam at the book party. Um, or Kate, sorry. Kate. Oh, right. Um, Her overdose and stuff. To me, that felt yeah. like that happened too quick, almost. It did. Yeah. It, w- it was like, I, it almost felt like somebody that isn't familiar with that, <laughs> that subject matter because it, it just felt like it was too fast. But, you know, but I get it. They were trying to bring it back around if it was like a tv show they would have had more time to flesh that out i think i
1: i actually uh reread the script this morning i hadn't read it since we did it in storyboard uh, before and and i can tell you the differences the the, the things that got cut that mostly there was like a couple more scenes with sam throwing herself at other guys but there uh there was also some stuff with uh kate most of the cuts were with uh um uh rusty and kate uh, they mm-hmm. they went on more dates. There was a, a scene where they went to a concert, and she runs away with uh, to, with some other guys to to go get loaded with some coke, and they have a big fight about it. And that's we we learn a lot more about her drug problems in that scene. And it's gone. Uh, it Got was replaced. It. it was replaced basically by the very short scene where she meets um, Jennifer Connelly and she oh, goes off to the bathroom and she starts looking for drugs uh that's it, it's it's a much shorter scene but it was part of the you know cutting it for for budget reasons and then you know cutting the concert scene for budget reasons and then adding sense. jennifer connelly in because she wasn't in it enough um yeah so it was a, it solved two problems, but you're right. It does seem like you, you, we do miss out. And there, there was another scene uh, where uh, we go into the closet with them and we find out that they had sex three times, but the first time barely counted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, that makes sense. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's not that I don't like the character of Kate, but I did feel like, like maybe there was more opportunity to, because because I felt like the mm-hmm. the pill scene, it, that felt very like a little bit cliche when it comes to addiction, yeah. and yeah. I was kind of like, eh. and then and then later when she's running into someone's arms, I was like, whoa, that's a huge difference right. between that first scene and that scene. But the budget constraints make yeah. total sense. Like it's yeah. way cheaper to film that than it would be to film, yeah. you know, at a big just- concert.
1: The actress, Liana Liberato, she is one of my favorite actresses. And she really, uh, you know. (gasps)
0: Wasn't familiar with her. A
1: lot of her movies aren't that great, but she's always great in them. Um, Oh, I just
0: saw Totally Killer, though, recently. I was going to say, yes, she was
1: in Totally Killer. She was also in Scream 6, both of those from this year.
0: Oh, wow. So she's,
1: and she's in a Hulu show called Light as a Feather. And uh, she's on on another show on Peacock. I can't remember what that one's called.
0: Hmm. There's definitely a Peacock thread, I feel like, because this is on Tubi, (laughs) and then I saw that also you could watch it on Peacock, so oh, she must have some kind of (laughs) deal with them or something. Yeah, (laughs) she uh, her
1: big breakout role, she started acting very young, and her big breakout role was in a movie called Trust. Have you heard of that one? I don't
0: think I've seen that, no. It was
1: directed by David Schwimmer of Friends. You know, oh wow and it's it's about a 14 year old girl who meets a guy online who's older than he says he's he's trying to he's pretending that he's her age and then they meet oh, up real life and yeah it's a very dark a uh, very uh hard to watch uh um uh, rape drama and oh, but she is so amazing and, and again she's she's playing she's holding her own with some great actors clive owen uh catherine keener play her parents. Uh, And Viola Davis plays her therapist, and she's holding her own against those guys at just 14. She's just amazing.
0: It's interesting to me the way the women in the movie, like Lily Collins' character, Kate, Mm -hmm. are sort of, they have this, like they're great actresses obviously Mm. but they also like i think looks wise remind me of sort of like a also a a tv movie ish cw type you know Mm -hmm. really really pretty people is what i'm trying (laughs) to say (laughs) and then i feel like nat wolf and logan lerman have that more like um brooding serious mysterious Mm -hmm. boy vibe to them yeah Yeah. you know like both Uh of them have that energy um just interesting. They seem almost like opposites, but yeah, I don't know. I yeah. don't know where I was going with that. Just an observation.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, they are opposites. I I love the fact that they don't get together at the end. You know, yeah. You know, she has her little OD episode. She's sent away to rehab. She writes him a nice letter and. They are still in touch. There's this one little line when when Jennifer Connelly rings the doorbell at the end. Uh, uh, Rusty says, oh, that might be Kate. I, I invited her. So at least we know they're still in touch. But they're not going to stay together because they don't belong together. They are two opposites. Yes.
0: Yeah. It's like, and, and I feel like that's a thing that happens when you're young, where mm-hmm. you meet these people that you kind of want to save, especially if you're like a more introverted, yes. shy Fixers. person. Yeah you're like, oh, I can fix this person. And then when you get older, you're like, wow, that was a bad idea. Like, I'm not doing yeah. that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. But there's a naiveness of like, oh, they also don't fit into society. We have so much in common, but it's like, mm, no, it's, it's it's not a good fit.
1: <laughs> right. For Rusty, it was a physical attraction. And her his mm. father was pushing him, said, you got to go have some adventures so you'll have something to write about. Uh, yeah. And for her, it was somebody to cling to. Uh, to help you because she saw him as a chance to pull her out and fix she wanted to be fixed he wanted to fix her and Mm -hmm. and, but that's not what a relationship is built
0: on right and and there's a great line about that later in the movie where she's like I can't. You can't fix me. I have to Um, fix me. Which I was like, oh bravo, film, you know, for not perpetuating this idea that you can fix people. I like that.
1: And and I told you that the script that I wrote that had a character like Kate, same thing. I did not have them get together at the end. The producer who optioned the script, he—that's the only change he made me make. He says, you gotta have them get together at the end. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to, but you know, if we were gonna get it made, we had to do what he said.
0: We haven't talked about Lewis a ton, Logan Lerman, but um, I had never seen The Perks of Being a Wallflower until it was during COVID and uh, participated in like, you know, everybody was kind of trying to watch movies during that time. And I saw it and was completely like, this is so ignorant, but I was completely (laughs) unprepared for how dark it was going to get. And by the end of the movie, I was just like, oh. I wish I hadn't watched that when I'm already feeling kind of down uh, because of COVID, yeah. but but thought he was a, a really he, that he brings such strong performances.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was also in the Percy Jackson movies.
0: Oh yeah. And he was really good in Fury and um yeah, like he's he's really Yeah, good.
1: I, I, I mean I knew who the adult cast was, but the young cast really impressed me. I, I all yeah. I was seeing all of them for the first time in this movie. Except yeah. for Liana. I, I'd already seen Trust.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought he was playing a very, not the same role, but a similar one in that, you know, a a kid that has a lot going on that you don't know about until you get to know him, like the things with his, his mother and her, uh, her brain tumor. Yeah. I, I
1: love the fact that it was his mother's death that finally pushed Sam to go see
0: her mother. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, realized through that. that I didn't even nice think match. about that, but you're right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Because I mean, they already had, you know, the first they're at the party and they have their little, I'm not going to sign the book or, you know, I'm not talking to you at the party, but then as a family, all, all, uh, four of them go to rescue Kate together. That's the first, you know, that's the first time this family has been together in three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and they're on this adventure to go rescue somebody. And, and, and uh, um, we also know the little story that uh Kinnear tells the that uh, Bill tells about um Samantha went and borrowed that book that she thought was your favorite. She obviously misses you. So we see little bits yeah. and pieces breaking down for her and, and, and but it I think it was it was uh the other you know, her boyfriend's mother's death that, that really pushed her pushed her back. Well-
0: yeah, and, and you touched on something with Bill, too. Like, you know, he he did that. He also finally admits to Samantha that he also had infidelity in his past.
1: Yeah, and that's another one of the ideas that Greg Kinnear came up with and, and it got into a, a rewrite.
0: I think that was a nice touch yeah. because yeah. I feel like that's a little bit true to form, too, that, like, when there's a divorce, you know, I'm not going to say names. <laughs> uh-huh. But I know that it's it's common for parents to kind of – it's like they're going through a lot. So they want their kids to be on their side. And so he like, you know, left out certain information to kind of paint her mother as the bad guy, which I think Mm -hmm. Jennifer Connelly tries to point out a few times in the movie until he finally like breaks down and admits it at the end. Right. Well,
1: and he actually, he defends himself. He says, uh, uh, I'm not actually saying anything bad about you. And she's like, yeah. But when you don't move on with your life and you're moping and you're setting a place for me at the, at the table, that reminds her all the time of of, of what I did to you. and, and, and Yeah. And then exactly. leaving
0: out that, you know, cleverly leaving out the fact yeah. that he's also cheated on her. Oh, my like, God. That's, it's basically um, like I'm the perfect romantic dad that's you know wonderful and your mom is horrible you know it's like and then at the end she finds out and she's so betrayed but you know and I feel like that's so normal for kids to like realize their parents are human and for that to feel like a betrayal oh yeah
1: (laughs) we never think of what our parents life was like when they first got together it's so bizarre it's because it's before we were born and, right. uh, and, and we don't remember that. they. We don't know that they had other lives. But when she finds, when he reveals that to her, her she says, I, I can't believe you let me hate her. Yeah, And that is such a powerful line, too. hmm
0: and I'm I'm just gonna say relatable as, as yeah. someone that experienced divorce that mm-hmm. that did happen and it did take a long time for one of the parents to admit that they were doing that, you know, and, and say like sorry and like kind of walk it back. Mm-hmm. But it's it, you know, it takes time. Everyone's kind of growing and changing and yeah, yeah. And-
1: you know, I did notice that that line wasn't in the, the original script. So that oh, that again came out of rewrites. Another. And that, that's another thing that I was trying to say about rewrites is that, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people, I I, well, I don't know about a lot of people. For me, when I first started writing and I would have to rewrite, I would, rewriting for me used to be just about, well, fixing typos and and, and changing a line of dialogue. But no, you can, you know, this shows you how you can really elevate things but just by rethinking you know add, adding just the right line or or, yeah. or just adding the a, a different person to the scene because jennifer Connolly wasn't initially in that scene at the at the book party so mm-hmm. not only do you would you not have had that confrontation with sam you wouldn't have had that moment that whole moment where she's sitting there at the party with bill and talking about the thing that you just said where he says oh i, I guess i i was uh, picking t- picking your books and I, I wasn't paying attention to you that wasn't in the script because that whole because she wasn't at that party.
0: Interesting. That's all part of the
1: rewrite. And she didn't go with them to rescue uh Kate and because she wasn't in the scene at the party. So she wasn't in any of that. And, and wow. just, just a little bit of rewriting just made so much, it just made it so much better.
0: Yeah, I agree. Know. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah, it's like you're re- revisiting the material enough times to think like, what would make all these storylines fit together more? What would make them tighter, more connected? Yeah, and
1: it's also a great example of, of of how to get really good feedback and 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 know what to do with it. I mean, these, are, you know, when you hire an actor, um, you know, they're not looking at the whole story usually. They're just looking, you know, because they their job is to play a character, and they and if right. you haven't given them enough to go on. They're going to ask questions and it's going to force you to uh, expand the character a little bit. And it's going to force you to think about things that you missed. And that's what happened here a lot.
0: Wow. That's really cool. Uh, The
1: the last line that I I, I singled out was. after Rusty has his little spiral after the uh, you know gets beat up and everything and and he stops yeah. writing and and he and uh, he says you can't make me write dad and uh, Greg Kinnear says I won't have to you're a writer you'll do it yourself and that's mm. that's such a great line because. There are so many people who talk about writing and they say, I'm going to get to my novel one day or I'm, I'm reading a lot of books on writing. I'm going to, I'm reading all the how to write a screenplay in 24 hours yeah. uh, or 20, 30 days or whatever. Those people never actually write. You can't call yourself <laughs> a writer unless you're actually writing. And and you know, we didn't mention that initially I picked this movie for this particular time uh, uh, because it's coming up on Thanksgiving. Are you going to actually publish it on Thanksgiving?
0: um i can if you like Uh, well (laughs) right before even like it'll still kind of be along that vein right
1: and and i said it's not exactly a thanksgiving movie but it does start at a thanksgiving dinner and then it ends I did think
0: about that when i was watching it for sure
1: it ends with the thanksgiving a year later and and so that's a nice little bookend and but i also just realized this morning this is november november have you ever heard of naNoWriMo Mm mm NanoRimo NaNoWriMo is a national novel writer's month. Every November, it's a challenge oh. uh, where people try to write a first draft of a new novel in just one month in, in the month of Interesting. November. Interesting. So, okay,
0: I did not know about that. Wow.
1: And writers know about it. And so since this is a movie about writers, it's, it's also appropriate that we we'll would be talking about it in November.
0: Wow. <laughs> double, it? double. Yeah, wow. I definitely thought about the Thanksgiving thing because not yeah. a lot of movies take place during Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs>
0: You know, it's like it's it's not it's not like Christmas where you can at least mm-hmm. like other parts of the world celebrate it. I mean, Thanksgiving yeah. is unique to America. It's got a complicated history, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like there's many reasons why there's not a lot of Thanksgiving movies. So it's really <laughs> interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, we So we talked a little bit about Christian Bell, but I, I can tell you a quick little story. Um, sure. Uh, I, I told you that my script had a character that was a, a Kate-like character. She was an, a binge drinker, an alcoholic, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't know who Kristen Bell was at the time. Uh, she mm-hmm. was still shooting Veronica Mars, and I was living the, the the movie set in San Diego. I was living in San Diego, oh, and wow. uh and, and Veronica Mars was shot in San Diego, and I didn't still didn't even know who she was or or what the show was, but. Um, I, I had optioned it and the producer was asking me who I thought we should send it out to and I was giving him suggestions. And then I rented a movie that she was in I, I, uh, where she played like the daughter of the vice president and she's kidnapped and so it's, it's a much darker uh, character than you're used to seeing her play. And, you know, because mm. uh, she's being held hostage and everything, and she's screaming yeah. and sweating and everything, trying to escape. And uh, that was the first I saw of her. And I, I, I noted what her name was, and I, I was going to call my producer to tell him, hey, you should, we should send her the shirt. Just as I was reaching for the phone to call him, the phone rings. It's my producer. He says, hey, you'll never guess what. I just was at a charity event, and I met this agent, and she represents this actress named Kristen Bell, and she wants us to send her the script.
0: Wow. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> even better a
0: Kristen Bell type I would think yeah. the other person that, that I kind of Think of when I think of a character like this I think Because of her show would be someone like Anna Ferris.
1: Yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But it gets her. So I'm. I'm. Uh, th- this was before the days where you could send out PDFs. You actually had a mail. <laughs> you actually had Oh like, gosh. You know, you still copies of the scripts. So I, I had a copy of the script. I had. I was driving out to the post office to 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 mail it to the agent. And uh, I, I lived in a, a like a big cul-de-sac neighborhood. Uh, there's mm-hmm. only one road out of it. And as I'm going down that road out of that, I see all the grip trucks and the location signs and, 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 and it's, there's a shoot, You know, there's, there's filming going on there. And I look at the location sign to see what it is. It's Veronica Mars, which at that time I had never heard of. I, I, I pass the Veronica Mars shoot. I, I go to the post office, I mail the script, I come back, I look up, what is Veronica Mars? And I say, oh my God, Kristen Bell. I just passed, I just drove past her to go mail a script to her agent in Los Angeles. <laughs> wow (laughs) was so funny needless to say she passed on the script but I (laughs) 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 I did hear later uh her husband's uh podcast have you ever listened Dax Shepard I have not he has a really good podcast and and sometimes she's on it i don't remember if she mentioned this or if he mentioned it but uh i think that was like the only character she ever did the one that i saw her in that was really that kind of dark kind of a thing and she just didn't like having to go to that place and then bring it home with her and so she she's never done a part like that since then so that's why she passed on it i mean she didn't tell us why but i'm that's got to be watched yeah. because this was not you know this was not frozen it was not uh uh the good the good place what else yeah she,
0: <laughs> she clearly has like a brand yeah. now she definitely that, has a new brand yeah. what was
1: the oh, the one she's a fan voice did you see that one she's great in that
0: no i haven't seen that yeah. and uh i think of her as like you know funny and and yeah. um and light and stuff like that so for sure her brand has stuck. <laughs> and so the
1: reason I would say that I would not cut her scenes from this movie is she's essentially comic relief.
0: That's true. And it is. Those a heavy are movie.
1: The, yeah. Those are really the funny scenes and they're just about being funny. Um, uh, uh, uh She's cheating on her. She has, she's married and has kids. Mm-hmm. And we see that all the other characters are having problems with their relationships, but we're dealing with them sort of, you know, they're, they're broken. And, and she's just, coming along doing funny stuff and yet she's there's got to be something wrong with her and if he wanted to he you know josh Boone could have delved into her character more and we could have found out what is her problem why is she doing this but
0: i kind of felt like it was also meant to be ironic that he's like so mad at his ex-wife and like how dare you do this to me and all this stuff and then he's participating in a relationship like that himself like
1: oh yeah you know what i never because th- i'm a guy i would never think that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like he's he doesn't it's like interesting the way he compartmentalizes like his wife betrayed him but yeah. he has no problem helping this lady betray yeah. her husband I mean, it, it almost feels like a tit for tat or something i don't know mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> i didn't have a lot of um like uh because I think it was such a small film, and I and, and like you said, it didn't show in a lot of theaters. I didn't have a lot of you know um, quick facts to share. But oh yeah, I forgot about that. that. I I, I did have the only line that I had was that you know there's a lot of well-known writers that are mentioned whose books are shown reading, including uh, Flannery O'Connor, mm-hmm. Richard Ford, uh, Joan. Didion Raymond Carver, and most notably Stephen, Stephen King. King yeah. I did not realize because obviously there's that scene where Stephen King calls him, and mm-hmm. you know he knows his dad, um, I guess Rusty, um, but I didn't realize that really was his voice. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I yeah. don't know why I just decided watching it, I'm like that can't be Stephen <laughs> King, it's somebody no. like doing a Stephen King impression, but it's him.
1: Yeah, the history is that Josh Boone uh, grew up in his parents were very religious, and he wasn't allowed to read Stephen King. So oh. he so he had to hide Stephen King books inside book covers from Christian books. <laughs> and he <laughs> was such great. a big fan. And he was such a big fan at a very young age that he took some of his Stephen King books, put put them in a box and mailed them, sent them to Stephen King, asking him to sign them. And and he didn't even have an address. He just knew that he lived in Bangor, Maine. So he just wrote Stephen King, Bangor, Maine, and it got to him. And King wrote back a really nice long letter encouraging him to write and everything. And his parents, Josh's parents, were so impressed with that that they lifted the ban on Stephen King.
0: (laughs) That's so nice. That's such a nice story. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on in regards to this film? Oh, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah sure. that's a very dangerous question i guess when i think about it but anything that you wanted to I, discuss.
1: it's funny i i missed the, the the one thing that uh josh boone is the most embarrassed well not embar- so the scene where where he's uh rusty loses his virginity in the closet mm-hmm. um that that actually was exactly out of his life out of josh
0: Boone's oh my life. gosh that, that was kind exactly of
1: how he lo- so kate there was a real kate in his life and she was named kate and, oh, uh, and that's, I think another reason why that stands out to me is the more, uh, the, 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 more dominant storyline is cause I, Maybe I, the I, more real relationship I feel that authenticity to it. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he talks about how he was, um, so meticulous about designing the the room, you know, he had to make for, on the set that he had to make sure that all the Stephen King books on the bookshelf were in the same order that they were in his actual room when it happened. <laughs> and the commentary is really funny because it's it's uh, Josh Boone and Nat Wolf. and uh, and Josh is so when that scene comes and Liana is. Uh, Liana Le- 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 Liberato Le- is taking her clothes off and dragging them into the closet Josh is talking about oh the books and you see how the book is there and Nat's just laughing He was like dude there's a half naked underage girl on the screen nobody's looking at the books and he did say that he was when they were filming that scene he was because it was so true to his life that he couldn't even watch the video playback he had to leave like, out the set he like practically didn't direct the scene because it was so so real to him yeah um, i think that's pretty amazing and i i also because i i mentioned the storyboard group one of the uh critics i i forgot to mention that i was probably the only one in the group who even liked the script uh, we had about 20 or 30 people in the group and everybody oh, kind of hated it <laughs> and uh, for a lot of various different reasons and one of them is you know i i guess a lot of people just really don't like that structure but mm-hmm. uh w- there was uh, somebody who kind of complained that the women characters uh especially the younger ones were were a little bit uh uh too much of a male writer's fantasy of what uh, what it's like to get girls you know like a manic pixie dream girl kind of thing and i thought it was so interesting because i totally recognized kate as being uh similar to uh girls that uh, i've known um that I've written about in my script. And so mm-hmm. I, I didn't find that a stretch at all. And I mean, and it's also made clear that Samantha is just very broken and traumatized. And she's she's deliberately putting up walls, you know, yeah. not letting a real I mean she's very open about it. I was I'm not gonna let a real relationship in. She says to to Rusty at one point, avoid love at all costs so yeah it's understandable and the script isn't saying that hey look at the, the you know guys are uh, gonna get girls throwing themselves at them all the time it's it's easy no he's saying these girls are broken and yeah. these are broken relationships she you know this is why samantha ends up with somebody who's good for her this is why um rusty and and kate don't work out yeah um, so i think i I found that interesting that that you know it was attacked in in my little group for you know for being unrealistic about the women female behavior and yet the uh, you know that particular storyline was so true to the writer's life it wasn't a fantasy at all it was exactly how it happened
0: yeah I mean maybe you could say that it happened but it is told under the perspective maybe of the male character a little bit more than the female yes. one you know well yeah so i could i could see it that way cuz i think in some ways it's like yeah it's, it's up to interpretation right their behavior even if
1: right. even if
0: um so maybe that maybe that's what they meant more. Yeah.
1: Right? And 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 you know, I think the complaint actually may have been more about Sam, but I, I like I said, Sam's explaining herself to us why she's like that. I mean, it's it's traumatizing and people react to trauma in different ways. Some people True. will go down a a self-destructive spiral. That's kind of mm-hmm. what drug addiction is, I think, you know, yeah. as well. So I think yeah. Kate and, and Samantha are very similar.
0: Yeah. Um
1: but, yeah, uh, stamp uh, story is told from the male point of view, but Samantha's is told from the female point of view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should tell another story that's really all deeply involved in, in, in my own personal <laughs> life.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I mean, you know, whatever you're comfortable with. <laughs>
1: I didn't, I almost didn't. I, I never even associated this movie with this particular person from my past. Uh, um, it, there was a Kate that I had a big crush on when I was in junior high and high school. Uh, that did we did not have a, a relationship like they do in the movie. I was always way too. I, I'm so much like Rusty. I was very too shy. I would I would never talk to her. Uh, I. I, I do have a picture of her, uh, of uh, me dancing with her at my bar mitzvah. I don't know how that happened. I have no memory. <laughs> <of it. laughs> and, and the only time I remember talking to her, I was, I, I was having a party uh, in my senior year and I, I was too, I wanted to invite her, but I was too shy. And then she, she came up to me and said, Hey, I heard you're having a party. Can I come? But she brought oh, the date. Nice. So, but she brought oh. a date, and yeah, nothing happened like like in the movie, unfortunately. Or maybe fortunately, because again, later I found out that, that she, you know, she everybody has their own demons, and she might have turned into, I, I didn't know this about her at the time, but she could have very well been a, a Kate as, as well. Because in fact, uh, after, you know, like 20 years after high school, she ended up murdering her mother.
0: <gasps> oh my God, <laughs> that's horrible.
1: And tried to pin it on her boyfriend
0: oh <gasps> <laughs> yeah, definitely came from a very troubled background i mean you yeah, would have been in so, danger jeez I know. Nice. so it was a
1: good thing that no, we nothing ever happened with me and her so, yeah and, and the girl but interesting
0: how like yeah, the parallel being that as a kid you can't really tell yes. like I, there's this weird thing that happens in school where you can't really tell like how how much is going on in someone's life like Mm -hmm. in the way that like as an adult you're like oh like i'm going to steer clear of that person you end up coming into so much contact with people that you wouldn't outside of school you know yeah
1: yeah and i I can watch this movie and i think gee i wish i wish i would have had that kind of an opportunity with that girl like like rusty did with kate but then you know look who knows what could have happened Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so he does I'm get putting, beat up later. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm more like Samantha and I'm building walls and I'm not letting anyone in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, Although I will um, say the only thing with Samantha is, I, you know, I, I understand her being broken or, or her, her view on relationships is bad. But I do, maybe what the people in your group are talking about is like there does seem to be a pattern of when you're portraying a a woman character as broken Mm -hmm. or frustrated that is a lot about their promiscuity. And I -hmm. think that part is like maybe not true to life. I mean, I do think people can be, you know, in lots of relationships, whether they're traumatized or not, maybe maybe that's yeah. what bothered them. I don't, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it could have been a little over the top. I, I see that with with you know Sam acting out. In fact, like I said, some of the scenes that were cut were more of Sam with other guys, and and, mm. and they ended up getting cut. So we really just see her talking to the the um, the one guy when we first meet her, and she yeah. goes up to his dorm room. And yeah, then, it's and like then you we can see her
0: one night stand without it having this bag yeah. attached. Yeah, that's that's we probably we see her going
1: to me. talk to the guy in the band, but she doesn't. We don't see what happens with that, and we see her trying to pick up the Mormon, which was funny, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: and 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 she gets shot down, and then the rest of her story is all with Lou. So mm-hmm. she's she's already gotten over that promiscuity, I guess.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> think that does play a little bit into yeah. male fantasy of like if a woman is acting like this. There's sure. some there's a sad reason and it's gonna stop, you yeah. know, like once I enter her life, which is like probably not true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although yeah. it could be, and, and yeah. i I imagine that's probably the part and, that that maybe they were thinking. Yeah, about. and that's
1: that's the thing that Rusty and Kate are fighting about in the scene they yeah. got caught.
0: So, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so that probably would have shine more light on that. Interesting. Yeah. Well, um, are we at the last couple of two questions or, or was yeah. there more that we okay sure okay so if you had to summarize what is it about this movie that made you choose it today like why what is it that that really sticks with you uh
1: well, like i said you know i i think i kind of answered that already the oh for sure uh, the, the you know the the uh, the the high school crush that uh, that that uh, the, the the wish fulfillment the fantasy element of seeing how it works out, but also I thought the maturity of not letting it work out, given the dynamics of those two particular characters. The, so many lessons about writing, so much talk about writing. This is since I like writing uh, as well. Um, I, I like that. You know, and and this is such a a good family. Well, I'll wait, I'll wait till you ask, ask the next question before I go, okay. go there.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like what, what is your pitch? You know, put yourself back well, in the shoes of pitching mm-hmm. again. and okay, uh, pitch.
1: My, my joke answer to that is, and this is what I wrote in that article is a uh, stock and love is about a dysfunctional family of writers that I wish had been mine because I do <laughs> like how they stick up for each other. They do support each other. They have their differences. They speak their mind about things, mm-hmm. uh, but they all are on the same page so to speak they all know what they all have to share that passion of what they do and and, and, you know uh, i don't i never got any encouragement from my my family at all so Mm. and that's that's what i that's something that i find appealing about it
0: and yeah 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 that makes a lot of sense
1: by the way, this article that I wrote, uh, uh, Josh Boone had seen that too, and he reblogged it on his Tumblr. And it Aww. ended up being, being the one with the most hits on my, uh, uh on my five sprockets, uh, page. Wow. So, that's um, great. So don't be surprised if he, if he listens to this uh, podcast cause he seems to follow me around whenever I talk about him.
0: So. <laughs> okay. I'll make sure to share all the tags I can. <laughs> I can too. Well, that's great, Danny. Well, thank you so much, you know, for coming back, uh, And for just discussing this movie that I, you know, it's kind of like a hidden gem wouldn't have uh, found it otherwise, but um, appreciate having you on and look forward to, to having you back soon. Thank you.